0: Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, a podcast that is ostensibly about video game movies. This is episode 118. Psy, belabored Sigh. My name is Mark Chamberlain, and today, as always, I'm joined by Alex Wallace.
1: Oh, uh, we fucked up so bad, girls and gays. <laughs> we fucked up. I thought up we'd
0: so- gotten all of these out of the way.
1: We no. fucked up so bad, dude. That like we we should have done this like a hundred episodes ago.
0: Yeah, this is season one energy. Easily. It's it's,
1: it's this is like,
0: first first dozen episodes energy.
1: God, I started watching this and I was like, God, I've seen so many fucking Deke animation shows based <laughs> on video games from the 80s and 90s. Like, and I and 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 I had I, there was a moment where I had this thought where I was like, I this is probably like the last Deke show, right? Like, there's probably not like a lot of other wrong. No oh God. idiot. There's a lot stupid, more. There's so many more. No, no, <laughs> um, you know, uh, this is, you know, this is why, this is why we allowed the podcast, uh, premise to wander girls and gays because it allows us to continue to talk about things that actually interest us. <laughs> um, you know uh i think you know we you get to a certain point where it's like i mean you know we could cover the pole position show for thoroughness (laughs) will we i don't know probably not because i'm at the point now where like i know what the stock music in the deke shows sound like like i know when that when the montage rock music started playing i was like oh i've heard this four times before.
0: Uh, the 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 sheer it's just the 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 sheer monotony uh the sheer grind of getting on youtube and watching another one of these shows it it feels it feels like a job
1: <laughs> i yeah i don't think i don't think this podcast has ever felt more like a job than it did today
0: <laughs> yeah yep yep and and this is why this is this is why, dear readers, we do so many other sh- episodes that are self-indulgent or on uh, or on things that we are interested in even slightly. The reason we do bonus episodes now is to is to justify the existence of this podcast because we still got to do shows like this for the meat and potatoes every
1: once in a while you got to come back around and do another fucking deke show so let's you know i gotta fucking put my suit and tie on fucking clock in and sit down and talk about captain n so what did we watch? i'm ready mark
0: We watched Captain N, The Game Master. It's an (laughs) (laughs) American-Canadian-slash-very-Canadian animated television series that aired on television from 1989 to 1991 as part of the the hellish-cursed Saturday morning cartoon lineup on NBC, which surely had... Several other Deke shows that were all equally as painful. Yeah, um, dude, it's like not produced... just the video game <laughs> yeah.
1: shows. Like I was looking at all the Deke shows and there it just it you just keep scrolling. And they were all made within like like a, <laughs> like, a like a like a ten year period and it's yeah, each it's each,
0: each one terrible. by a different each one by a different team that was all unceremoniously fired at the end of that production. Whew, yeah, we're
1: gonna talk about that in this episode.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so 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 Deke, um they they made the show. It incorporated elements from many of the most popular video games of the time from Nintendo. The the logo is is like N in the in the like Nintendo red oval. It's it's a it's an NES show. Yeah. Right? It's it's a very uninformed take <laughs> at, uh, slash interpretation of several NES games that exist within uh, the same world. That's the show.
1: Yeah, I, I can talk about so many aspects of this show um, entirely by just describing Deke tropes. Like, I don't even need to talk about the specifics of what happens in Captain N. I, I can purely just describe Deke tropes. There's There's the one girl. Uh, there are some bad guys that live in a tower and have nebulous yeah. villainous goals. Um, every single action scene uh, is gonna be the characters standing in place uh, and firing beams at each other or like there's gonna be a big guy uh, or there will be <laughs> lava or maybe some rocks will fall on someone um
0: <laughs> yeah uh, I I would I would even add uh, with the villains the, the villain is is always. Um, either uh, uh, implied effeminate or uh, implicitly or, or strictly uh, effeminate uh, big thing, and there's always two henchmen, both of which are dumb. One of them's the big guy, the other one's the little guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, there will be there will be some ethnic stereotypes. There will be some homophobic <laughs> yeah. stereotypes. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then the whole show is gonna operate on dream logic at this point I will describe briefly some things that actually happened in Captain N to get across what I mean Because I see this a lot on Deke show episodes. I'm like, yeah, it's like it's dream logic You know what it's moon logic, you know what's going on. It's confusing But let me explain by what I mean by that the second episode of Captain N that we watched involves Mega Man Deciding that he needs to become a real human boy and then he has to go through a series of trials Um, that will, I don't know how that, like where, like how the trials start. And then they're at like a theme park for a while. And the theme park is distracting him and his friends. And that's the first, that's the first challenge. And then the second challenge is they're suddenly they're on a beach and there's an ocean. And they say, this is the uncrossable ocean. And, and they're like, how are we going to get across this? Mega Man is like, don't worry. And then he pulls a thing out and then he inflates a boat. And by that, I mean, he, he he blows in a thing and he inflates a thing and then it becomes like a whole ship that they all ride on that is made out of wood. Um, and then like they're <laughs> out on an island later.
0: You know what's <laughs> fucked up is when you're describing this out loud, it just sounds like an episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> which is like one of my favorite shows. And I'm I'm really just having a moment here where I'm like, the only difference between... <laughs> The only difference between this and JoJo's is instead of pulling out the ship from his pocket, he'd be like, "My stand is a ship."
1: I don't know. This happened, like they get to the island and then it's like there's like a gate made out of vines and there's like a woman's face that inside the vine gate. <laughs> She's so seriously like.
0: Hello Mega Man, step inside if you'd like to be a human Or you have the choice, step inside and be a human Or save your girlfriend, sister, it's unclear
1: Yeah, It's <laughs> unclear what Girl. her place in your life is Yeah, and she's she's drowning in the ocean that's still there And then Mega Man decides to save her and then uh, And then that was actually the test And now he gets to be a human And the only thing that changes is that he just has a human heart inside of him yeah. now <laughs>
0: He steps in and I swear there's like 48 frames of animation and then he pops out again. He's like, I'm a human now. <laughs> Listen to that heartbeat. And then he's like, well, now I can't be friends with you anymore, Mega Girl, because you're a robot. And she's like, don't worry. Off screen, I also became a human. I'm
1: like,
0: Oh, OK. Like, sure. this is
1: this is what the experience is like at all times. Like, it is just like stream of consciousness. Um, so, uh, with all of that in mind, (laughs) I think it, I think it's, I think it's good to, to put a little bit of this into some context and a little bit, uh, get a little perspective on this because, you know, often we have, we have sort of, uh, using the incredible power of material analysis. (laughs) We have concluded from you heard, watching these you heard other it here De- first, kids. <laughs> we have concluded from watching these other deke shows that perhaps the people working on these cartoons uh, were overworked, underpaid, and had very little time to uh, do what they needed to do. Um, and during the process of talking about Captain N in the Discord, uh, <laughs> uh, we were linked. Um, this I eventually found this deviant art post. From somebody Mm -hmm. who was, like, part of the development process for Captain N, like, way ahead of time. Um, and- and, you know, one of the things that people always talk about with Captain N, like, we haven't even brought this up because I feel like it's the thing that people know. Mega Man is green. Kim- King Hippo, who is supposed to be a human man in Punch-Out! is, like, blue. And all the characters look weird and wrong. Simon Belmont is, like, a pilot- for some reason, <laughs> um, yep. And so, and 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 so, I found this Mark post where this person is uh, posting some like development concept art from early on in uh, in Captain N's development before it was even called Captain N. And i I'm just gonna read a bit of one of their responses to someone who was asking like, "Why do all of the characters look so weird?" <laughs> to put it in perspective, I had less than a couple week, a couple of weeks to do the art posted here. I was the last artist to be seasonally laid off by Deke. Once fired, my working visa was terminated and I had to leave the country. I had one night to play the games and no further contact with the (laughs) material, including the manuals. I had no idea who was involved in the making of the games, and I didn't even know the name Capcom back then, but I wasn't in any position of authority to contact the clients at Nintendo. If anything, it's surprising how much I got right, considering... I would have loved more reference material and a chance to properly develop the concepts, but the fates had other plans. I appreciate that people grew up enjoying the show as aired, but it's difficult for me because I live in an alternate reality where I can clearly see another show in its place. I'm just sharing a fraction of the alternative that was crafted before your version. So, uh, <laughs> that <this>, uh, <laughs> there's a uh, lot of
0: parts of this that are just <laughs> just written in there, like. Like it's just a normal thing, which is really scary. Uh I was the last artist to be seasonally laid off by Deke. Like, like like it's holiday season at Best Buy and they hired a bunch of people for Black yeah. Friday or some shit. It's, yeah, I, it's I mean, the same shit.
1: And it's like it's like you know, we, this is what we had assumed the working conditions of the people making these shows were. And we were yeah. entirely correct. I mean, how could it not? Yeah, yeah. And like the way that the, the this, like you can, re- there's, I'll put a link to this in the description. Cause it's, it's a fascinating read to just go through the mm-hmm. comments on Art and read this person's replies. Yeah. To, uh, I'd
0: recommend, yeah, I'd recommend reading the whole thing.
1: Yeah. It's great. And like, just the, there's just this, the constant theme is just like, way offset deke being like the sun coming up in the morning um and hey guess what that's still how the animation industry works uh that's yes. still how the vfx industry works um and yeah so i don't know it does it's not as much fun to sit here and make fun of uh how shitty captain n looks uh you know knowing what these people were going through <laughs> you know um that said, this is my job, so unfortunately we will need to talk about how shitty Captain N looks, but uh we you know, we will try to do it uh academically and with compassion.
0: <laughs> so how how does one balance uh being a communist fun ruiner with <laughs> someone who makes fun of shitty TV shows? Um we have discovered the solution, and it's that you you have to be a very specific brand of asshole who spent a lot of time
1: online. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, God, I haven't even talked about the plot yet, but it just feels so irrelevant because I feel oh, like everybody knows it, but good Lord. Um, uh, yeah, so the show is 22 minutes long, which I feel was a cruel and unjust decision. Um,
0: man, yeah, you you texted me. You're like, oh, oh, is it 22 minutes or 11? I was like, 22, smiley face. <laughs>
1: oh god yeah uh there's a kid named kevin he's playing nintendo he gets sucked into the nintendo uh when he gets sucked into the nintendo which happens uh during the theme song of every episode there's like a really scary part where he's like a cgi green man getting sucked Mm -hmm. into the tv i highly highly recommend looking at that and feeling weird about it um so and now he's in video land uh Man is there kid icarus is there he's not called pit it's called kid icarus you're just gonna have to fucking deal with that uh simon belmont is there lots going on with that character we'll get into it uh there's a generic princess because it's a deep show uh uh game 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 boy is there he, just just a game just boy game boy
0: <laughs> he's not cute like the one in like adventure time he doesn't do anything yeah this is like he's, he's... this is
1: like hell bemo <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> yes yeah it's uh it's, it's not great um Yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, as I mentioned, there's some bad guys in a tower, and this one, it's, uh, King Hippo, and the Eggplant Wizard, uh, and Mother Brain is in charge of them, lots going on with that character, we'll talk about it, um, yeah, like, no fucking substance to this thing whatsoever, I thought my favorite moment of the plot was at the end of the first episode When he saves the day the first time, and he's like, okay, time to go back to the real world, and he starts going back to the real world, and then he hears his mom like nagging him to clean his room through the portal, and he's like, ah, fuck my mom, actually. (laughs) I'm just gonna live in video land forever, Um, which I think is an interesting lesson to teach children. um, <laughs> My favorite
0: part is that his dog gets to come along, and his dog is like a major character. Yeah, that, that was nice.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. I was happy that he didn't leave his dog behind because there's a live action dog in the intro, and it would be sad if I just, I would be. Uh, yeah, Mark. Um, how do you um, how do uh, what were your, how did you uh, what did you, Captain N? What how how is it <laughs> this. <laughs> doing this podcast is exhausting either way, right? Like either
0: it's exhausting because we have to discourse for 50 minutes, um, or it's exhausting because we had to spend almost an hour and a half watching captain N. Um, my, that being said, my immunity to eighties cartoons at this point is stronger than any vaccine. Um, I, (laughs) it could, it could stand up to any global virus and, and just walk away completely, completely unfazed by, by the dream logic, by the stock sound effects. I I've seen it all baby I bring bring it on yeah there was could, there
1: was nothing new here for me like no. there was nothing that we had not encountered before previously It was like it's like you know it's, it's like when you've been working a customer service job for like four years and you're like oh I know literally every possible situation that could happen now and it's just <laughs> going through the yeah. motions <laughs>
0: I, was, I just I could hear just Trent Reznor going every day is exactly <laughs> the same in the middle of me starting the first time episode of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, got it. I, I felt know. like
0: it was the opening credits of like the movie about my life. It's like, "Up, oh, here he goes again, watching 80s cartoons."
1: <laughs>
0: uh, um, that being said, the the show the show's bad. Uh, it's <laughs> Someone make a someone make a mark saying the show's bad compilation. That that would make this all Oh, weird. God, I'm going to choke um, on my
1: spit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah, God, dude, we've just been, like... Like, recently, we've just, like, allowed ourselves to just, like, do things that have substance.
0: Yeah, we... You know, where it's treat. like, oh,
1: shit, like, we have... We could talk about the themes of this. Maybe yeah. some of the social, political context of the work. And this one is just, like... Ooh that's just it's just water going through going through a fucking strainer it's just, just nothing it's, it's oh god yep. um no listen uh yeah i mean the the only thing that is remarkable about this in any way um is that it comes from an era uh before the phrase anyone had ever uttered the phrase brand guidelines in the video game industry Which is fucking crazy to me, because now I work in the fucking video game industry, and every single, like, esports company with a thousand Twitter followers has, like, a 12-page PDF with all of their brand guidelines and how you're not supposed to put their logo in front of a black background or they'll fucking murder you. It's just wild to see this show where it's just like, yeah, Mega Man's just green, because... Like if you scroll through those and art comments, you you will get to the why is Mega Man green, and the answer is that's what he looked like on my TV. <laughs> this,
0: this is a pre this is a pre Michael Eisner as president of <laughs> Disney sort of thing. This is this is a phenomenon. We, we've talked about this on countless eighty shows at this point, but this is something that. That will never happen again. Yeah, and, so, and <laughs> we, so we've we've gone past it in in terms of late capitalism.
1: We're we're in a late late now, uh, and so and so now I think the only thing left we'll to do here is just talk about all of the characters uh, of note. Uh, in the episodes that we watch, uh, and the ways in which they are, uh, represented in this show. Again, this feels like a formality because like, I don't know, the nostalgia critic did this and I watched it in like 2010 and now I'm here and it's 2021 and I'm, and I'm here and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to tell you about how Mega Man sounds like he smokes 12 (laughs) packs a day in Captain N.
0: This is truly, this episode is truly a Sisyphean task.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what is there to say? Mega Man is green, he's very small, and he sounds like this. Um, uh, Meta thanks, Captain N. Can you tell me where the warp of life is? What shall I do, Dr. Wright? What else? <laughs> that's, that's Mega Man. Moving on. Kid Icarus? Uh, Mark?
0: <laughs> uh, Kid Icarus, um... In a in a brilliant decision to uh to I guess uh, put his you know his roots on display uh which is I guess this is a thing that Greek people did in the in the ancient Greek times he mm-hmm. he adds a kiss to the end of every sentence like we gotta get out of here a kiss oh no they're getting away a kiss every uh, sentence I'll I'll, I'll I'll hit him with my with my air with with my with my bow a kiss mm-hmm. uh um. Uh, Mega Man similarly say, uh, says "mega" in front of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was willing to give it a pass with with Mega Man because I guess he's a robot; he's programmed to do that. Um, but because you know, I I I I need the lore to be consistent. I I need to know what are the inner machinations of this world. Um, so uh, I guess I guess uh, I guess Kid Icarus. Um, you know, he doesn't. Maybe act, there's I
1: nothing like I couldn't describe his personality. He says a kiss. That's you, it. you
0: know, I I'm 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 sorry uh, for for the kid Icarus comment because I feel like it was probably insensitive to that's probably his naturalized accents. <laughs> Simon is like a like a <laughs> like um, a like a twunk representation.
1: So Simon Belmont from Castlevania, um, they sort of uh, dis- so for uh, he looks like a pilot. He's got like he's got like aviation goggles. And again, like, the explanation for this is they had a day. What do you, they, like, they did what their fucking like best.
0: On, on the NES screen, you don't have a lot to go by. Granted, it is a little confusing because even in NES graphics from Castlevania 1 and 2, it's very clear that it's like a medieval style theme. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm willing to give them a pass.
1: I just feel like they just took the fact that Simon Belmont objectively dresses like a horror um
0: yeah you know they're like what's like a slutty male profession i know yeah. pilot. well
1: i mean i mean they took that they took wait what that's
0: like a thing just put, d- d- don't worry about it i pro i promise that's a thing oh <laughs> i'm God. listen Listen, oh, we Christ. got we got 5 more minutes of this we do this. Of this episode then I can. And then do I'm... This. Well, okay,
1: it's he's queer coded and it's not great, I would say. Like in the yes. fa- in that in that it, it, it's like the joke with Simon's character is that he is like a coward and that he is like a man that uh cares about like keeping up appearances and 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 and, and aesthetic mm-hmm. things about his the way he presents himself. That's the joke with him. It's yeah. it's the 80s and 90s. He,
0: he looks like someone from the village people, which
1: is intentional. Yep. Uh. yeah. I mean, like, what? Like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? Sit here for like five minutes, ten minutes, and be like, you know, I found the queer stereotypes in Captain End the Game Master to be very. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't. It. Like, I did in like a sort of like in like a in like a detached sense, but I wasn't sitting there going like, God damn these fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> they had three days. I don't. You know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, 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 I a little I was a little bit offended with Mother Brain, but now I kind of I don't know I don't know what to feel about Mother uh, yeah, Brain. Yeah, Mother Brain. It's,
1: <laughs> like I would say that it is offensive. <laughs> yeah, it is offensive. It is
0: off- so. So Mother Brain looks like a looks like a caric- Somehow you've seen Mother Brain. It's a, it's a brain with an eye on it. And he shoots lasers mm-hmm. out of the eye um, in a tank. Uh, they interpret Mother Brain. As the personality of a like an effeminate black drag queen uh, or, or something along yeah. those lines.
1: The, there, there's um I would say the most racist aspect of this show, and the thing that actually was the most offensive about it is the fact that all of the villains um, feel felt to me like stereotypes of black people, and uh, yes. all of them had like large cartoonish lips. Uh, mm-hmm. and I just, yeah, I thought that was tasteless. Uh, and we also, uh, originally assumed, uh, that we were, uh, also listening to a white man try to sound like a black woman, uh, as the voice actor, but it's actually way more weird than that because <laughs> it's, because it's, because it's the guy that played Audrey too from little shop of horrors. And it's like the mother brain voice. It's like, oh, it's somebody trying to do the Audrey voice from Little Shop of Horrors. Like they consciously, they're not thinking I'm gonna do a black drag queen voice. They're thinking I'm gonna do the Audrey voice from from Little Shop of Horrors. And right, and then right, you find out that right. it just is the Audrey voice from Little Shop of Horrors, which uh, who who was played by Levi Stubbs, who is uh, like a, like an old Motown singer. Um, and my assumption. Was like, oh, okay, like you know, he was in this musical. If you don't know for some reason, Little Shop of Horrors is a musical about a plant that becomes giant and it sings and it sounds, it sounds like how Mother Brain sounds in Captain N. Um, and I, I would, I had assumed like, oh, this guy took this voice acting role because like late in life he probably got screwed because that's what happens to a lot of Motown artists. Um, that, that was a common theme is that a lot of them got fucked over and ended up, like, not making a lot of money, not making a lot of royalties. And so my assumption was, like, oh, so, like, Levi Stubbs probably is, like, taking tons and tons of voice acting roles around this time to pay the bills, right? Wrong. (laughs) Levi (laughs) Stubbs has appeared in two productions. He has appeared in Little Shop of Horrors, and he has appeared in Captain and the Game Master.
0: Yeah, unless he's like now going by a pseudonym or that was a pseudonym in the 80s. This is the only two things he has ever done uh, ever in in entertainment. Yeah. And now now presumably, you know, is a manager at a Verizon store Uh, or something. He's dead now. (laughs) Um... Yes, he's dead now. Uh <laughs> do, do you want to? do should we need to talk about Zelda and Link um Link is boring, Link is boring. Um, he's like
1: a generic hero I would say uh I would say here's the two things I have to say about Zelda <laughs> um uh uh one I it's surprising to me that the uh Zelda's, Zelda design from this show where she's wearing a crop top uh is not more uh popular amongst fan artists um, number two yes yeah absolutely it's weird <laughs> that they
0: chose to put her in a crop top first of all um i'm not i i don't have anything to say about it other than it's weird yeah <laughs> um
1: and then number two uh you know uh the whole plot of the zelda episode would like her p- subplot is that she competes with the generic princeps for the protagonist's affection because they're the two female characters um Uh (laughs) yep talked about that a million times so don't need to dwell on that um the oh the last thing that i want to say about captain n is my favorite line was this one and you brought your friends for my coming out party i'd
0: just like to to say uh i'd just like to congratulate (laughs) ganon um on on their coming out Um, I think it's very sweet that they chose to do that in front of, uh, in front of their arch nemesis. Um, that was very brave.
1: Yeah. Thank, thank you Ganon. Um, (laughs) that's all I got. Uh, what are we watching next week, Mark? All right. So
0: next week (laughs) is a self-indulgent Mark week. Uh, we, I, I, we haven't had one of those in a while, so I'm very excited. Um, we're watching the documentary uh, that I don't know exactly what it's technically called, but it's it's the making of Halo 2. I got it open right here. You got here. it right. It's behind
1: the scenes colon making of Halo 2. All right.
0: So this is going to be an interesting one. Um, very special to me because um, for, for those that don't follow me on Twitter, um, <laughs> I play a lot of Halo, um, especially Halo 2. Uh, I... Halo 2 is the Super Smash Brothers melee of first-person shooters in that it was created on a shoestring, uh, not a shoestring budget, but it was it was created in the span of way not enough time under crunch, and therefore is full of bugs and glitches that make it interesting competitively and also movement-wise. Um, but this was a disc that came. This this documentary was a disc that came as part of the Halo 2 Special Edition Xbox disc, uh, which I owned, and I watched this as a kid. And doing this podcast and specifically watching that last show we did, like Mythic Quest... And how it like glorifies crunch and makes it seem like a fun, like fun gay time for teens. (laughs) (laughs) God, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly feel like we
1: undersold how fucking (laughs) evil that was.
0: There's no there's no way to 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 accurately describe it. (laughs) And I'm not saying go out and watch it because who the fuck wants to pay for Apple TV (laughs) Plus? But just know that it's bad. Yeah. Um but it got me thinking about this and how Even if you haven't played Halo 2, if you are familiar with uh, the video games industry in the 2000s, you probably have heard that Halo 2 is a notoriously uh, chaotic development. And this documentary, while still appearing as an official piece of promo for Halo 2, does not shy away from showing how hellish and fraught with problems... And this development was and and how we got an inferior product than when than what was initially planned. Um, so that makes it a very interesting watch. Um, and yeah, uh, also go play Halo Two. It's, it's, it's a good ass game. They, they they I I don't know how many marriages were ruined, but fuck man that sa- that soundtrack has Breaking oh, Benjamin on it. Christ,
1: <laughs> oh, I got nothing left in me. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? Uh,
0: You can find us at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. That's at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter. Lots of fun conversations going in there right now, talking about Kanye West (laughs) and shit. Uh, (laughs) iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and your favorite podcasting app are just some of the places in which you can find us. Uh, You should rate us. That would be cool. The music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman.
1: For me, it was Tuesday. Please listen to the Kanye episode. We poured our hearts and souls into it. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, please listen to "Jesus" by Kanye West. Uh, if you if you have like an hour or so, maybe like forty minutes, it's a it's a it's, it's we a, talked if...
1: about it. You don't need to say anything else about it. We've said everything yeah. that we we don't. Yeah. That, that's fuck cops. Don't join the military. Peace. That's it. Done. Peace. Yeah.
0: If you're gay and you like industrial sounds, no, together, we
1: already no, we're done.
0: <laughs> you, you let, I got an album for you.
1: It's called a hundred thousand gexes. I was about
0: to say it's called a thousand gex. Holy shit, amazing. Bye. Um. Bye. <laughs> Unhinged. <laughs>